Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. First Peter chapter 1. I want to read from verse 3 all the way to verse um, 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to, a, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, who having not seen, whom having not seen, ye love in whom, though now ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. Verse 8 again, in whom, in whom, oh sorry, whom having not seen, Ye love in whom, though now ye see him not yet believing, rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In our previous session, I spoke about how God um, has appointed us and he, so he, he foreknew us and chose us and he got us born again according to his mercy and got us born again into an inheritance which is reserved unto a lively hope which is an inheritance reserved in heaven, stored in heaven, guarded in heaven protected in heaven for, for us, which cannot be defiled, which cannot be corrupted, which does not fade away. And it spoke about who, for us, who are being kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, which will be revealed at a later time. And I spoke about the salvation, how, Salvation is in three stages, as the three aspects of salvation, which is the initial salvation, the um, progressive salvation, and the final salvation. The initial salvation is the saving of our spirits. The progressive salvation, saving of our soul. Final salvation, saving of our body. And I spoke about faith, how it's so important to walk with God by faith because it takes your faith to be to be a full-blown beneficiary of what God's power can do. It takes faith to be 
a beneficiary of what God's power can do. Let me say it again. It takes your faith to be entitled for what God's power can do. So we are kept by the power of God through faith until unto salvation. And as I explain how salvation, uh, we are saved. We are being saved and we shall be saved. Before I go on unto salvation again, because I want to focus a lot more on progressive salvation today. Our progressive salvation, the salvation of our souls. I want to just speak, pick up on a few points in uh, the, the text again. It says that, um, verse 4, and to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faith not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, take note of the word reserved in heaven for you. If someone tells you that um, there is some special portion of the allocation that has been kept stored for you, where we get there. You know, it's been stored for you. So that means that even though you haven't seen it, there's something with your name on it. So all along, well, when you are going, just like someone tells you, I've got something very special for you on your birthday. Because a special gifts were given to your friends and your birthday is a month away, but you were not given anything special or your dad or your family was giving everybody. And yours was not special at all. It didn't look special. And then your mom tells you that don't worry. I have something bigger and far better than this on your for you on, uh, on your birthday. So there and then it sets, it lifts your eyes towards that day. Okay, like I was talking about a child that goes to nursery for the first time and a child is not used to the people in the school. They cry, I'm like, I'm with mommy, mommy. And all the day while the child is at the nursery, the, the mind is on mommy coming, mommy is coming, daddy is coming, mommy is coming. You know, so as you are doing all this, remember it says that something has been reserved for you. So your mind must be, it's trying to move your mind away from the temporal situation you are faced with to the permanent situation that is waiting uh, awaiting you. So watch this. The first point we see here is that that's why we have a living hope reserved for you in heaven. Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God unto salvation, unto the salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. See, so he's talking to you by keeping, it's just trying to keep your mind on something. Your mind is there, is there, ready to be revealed at the last time, kept for you in heaven, ready to be, we are talking now by keeps your mind there. That every good, healthy preacher, pastor, sound man of God, you can't be listening to a man of God for a period of time and not have your mind retuned towards what is ahead in God. No. Then something is wrong. Something is wrong when we preach the gospel that eclipses, it, it blinds or mutes rewards in heaven. The coming reward, the coming salvation. Every healthy gospel, he said that which uh, uh, the angels love to look into, which has been verse, uh, verse, tw uh, verse I think verse 12, unto whom it was revealed to them that it's not unto themselves, but unto us did, uh, they did minister the things which are now reported to you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit. So they have preached the gospel unto you. The gospel contains all the spectrum of God's salvation. So 
your mind is always being tuned to something, especially when you are going through a difficult time and persecution. Please don't lose hope. Keep your Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse um, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Joy was set before Christ, Jesus. So he endured the cross. There's no way anybody can endure cross without keeping your eye on what is set ahead of you. So it's always important, Pastor, let's remind the people and encourage them to keep an eye, help them to keep an eye on what is ahead of them. It can help them to go through the crucified life. So he said, uh, verse, verse 6, Verse 5 again, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times, wherein, this is what we are rejoicing in. Verse 6 says, wherein, we rejoice in this thing, we rejoice. My brother, what is your point of reference for rejoicing? What is your point of reference? My sister, what is your point of reference for rejoicing? Is it only because you got a new job? You got the contract, the contract has gone through, you passed the exam, you got a job, you got the money, you've got married, you've got a baby. You is that is that the main is that it? Then that's that's practically an unbeliever. I'm not saying we shouldn't rejoice in those things. It's okay to rejoice in those things, but the main focus of the Christian rejoicing is. The coming salvation, the reserved salvation kept for us, reserved for us in heaven, on uh, the inheritance. That is the the the, the 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 main focus of our rejoicing. Other things are necessary. It's fine, but we we reach for instance we rejoice in our salvation. We rejoice in His goodness. We rejoice in forgiveness of sin. We rejoice in deliverance. We rejoice in all that He has done. But no, we have to also rejoice, rejoice in what has been reserved for us, preserved for us. Rejoice in the uh, um, the salvation that is ready to be revealed. Hallelujah! Salvation that is ready to be revealed. We have to rejoice in it. And He says that, let's wherein we rejoice. We greatly rejoice. Watch this. Then he, he uh, brings a sharp contract. Though for a season. Wherein we greatly rejoice. Though for a season. If need be. Please underline the word. If need. If you have your Bible with you. you following me. If need be. It's not everything you go through that's, not ne that's necessary. There are some things you can't avoid. You have to go through. It's like a woman going to have a child. You have to go through some pain. One way or the other. The child, you, the child must come out. So they need to. You can't have a baby without a child coming out. So the child must come out from the womb. Okay. So if need be. He said, though ye uh, for a season, the two ways, for a season, remember I said, for our temporal, our momentary afflictions, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, our momentary afflictions, it's just for a moment, our, our temporal, which is but for a moment, it says it very clearly, it's for a moment, First uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 17 and 18, it's but for a moment. It's but for a moment here, he says that uh, afflictions, uh, uh, though uh, 
for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. So it's not saying that you, the focus is not even the temptation. It's that there are times you'll be going through some things, persecution, and you, you, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Other times you go through persecution and it's hard. It's hard. And it says that if need be, the hardness, the heaviness of your temptation, when it gets hard, sometimes there's the need for it to get hard, for you to feel it's hard, getting hard. Because guess what? You are kept by the power of God. Hallelujah. You are being kept by the power of God. So the hardness is not the problem because your faith keeps keeps the power of God intact on your behalf to protect you. So he says that the, um, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. When you read other translation, it uses a different word from heaviness. It uses um, some translations that you are in stress. Verse 6. In this ye I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. In this ye greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, somebody say a little while. Yeah, it's a little while. Your challenge is a little while. And I command that it will not be overdue. <laughs> it will not be overdue. Your problem will not be an overstayer. It will not be overdue. It will be, it's meant to be for a little while as compared to the glory coming. Hallelujah. Um, for a little while, a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So you actually have been distressed, troubled, worried by various trials. So it's not that just the trial, but it's the distress this trial has brought to you. Okay. And he says that for a little while, if the need, if need be, the distress might come. Because why must the distress, distress come? Because verse uh, seven, that the trial of your faith, did you see that? Your faith, the faith that keeps you going must be tried. Why must it be tried? To tell its authenticity, genuineness. Every genuine faith will survive crisis. Every genuine faith survives crisis, survive temptations, survive difficulties. Every genuine faith survives, thrives, does well. Let me show you. said, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes. He said that gold must be tried. That gold is not gold if it's not tried, if it's not gone through fire. Gold, when gold goes through fire, what do you have? You have pure gold. It tells you the quality, the purity of gold. You can't tell the purity of gold until it's been through fire. In the same way, we can't tell the genuineness of your profession your confession. We can't tell its authenticity until it has been through a process. It has been, it has been tested. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, that was, Bible says, and it came to pass after all these things that God did test Abraham. God would test your faith. Your faith will be tested. And when your faith is tested, God is looking for two results. Number one, your faith becomes purer. It proves the purity of your faith, the genuineness of your faith, the, the unfeignedness of your faith. Faith unfeigned, according to 1 Timothy chapter 1. Faith unfeigned. So your faith will be unfeigned. Or your unfeigned faith 
goes through fire to prove its unfairness, to prove its genuineness, its quality. So don't worry as though something, this fiery trial that is coming on you is just to destroy you. No, don't worry about it. God has God has got you covered. Hallelujah. God has got you covered and his, covered and his power is going to keep you going. His, his power is going to sustain you. God has got you covered. If I were you, I would say, God has got me covered. God has got me covered. God, God. Hallelujah. 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 God has got you covered. My sister, hey, don't be worried. Don't be worried. You are worrying too much as though you don't have God. Don't worry like an unbeliever. Don't fret like an unbeliever and start cursing and start saying all kinds of things. No! God has got you covered. It's your faith that is being trialed, tried. In James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 said, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse kinds of trials, knowing this that the trial of your faith works patience. So it's your faith that is being trialed, tried. In James chapter 1, verse 12, 2, it talks about how your faith, when you go through trials, we will go through trials. We will go through trials. We will go through, especially the trial of persecution, going through trial for standing for Jesus, going through trial for being pure for Jesus. You can make it. You can make it. You can persevere. You can persevere. I see you receiving grace for perseverance, for perseverance in the name of Jesus. You won't backslide. There are so many things going on around you. Sometimes you are so down. You are so frustrated. You don't know what to do. Stay strong in faith. Keep feeding your spirit with the word of God. And keep going. Keep your head going. Keep your head going. If you catch hell, don't hold it. And if you are going through hell, don't stop. Just keep going. If you catch hell, don't hold it. Leave it. And if you are going through hell, don't stop. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Hallelujah. So it says that the trial of your faith being much more, um, uh, being, verse 7 again, the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Gold perishes. And even that it goes through fire. How much more your faith, which is much precious. It's interesting that but, but Peter uses the word precious about five times in his two letters. Precious. Here he said that uh, your faith the trial of your faith is precious. In the verse 19, it talks about by the precious blood of the Lamb. In the, in the uh, um, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, talks about precious cornerstone. Precious stone. Precious. Jesus is the precious or uh, the living stone. He's precious. Hallelujah. Verse 4. He's precious. So it speaks about precious trial of your faith. Precious blood of the Lamb, one, chapter 1, verse 19, chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, uh, precious li living stone who is precious. And uh, second, Timo, uh, second Peter, chapter 1, verse 4, it talks about, uh, no, chapter 1, verse 1, talks about like precious faith. Yes, it talks about uh, uh, like precious faith. Our faith is precious. Hallelujah. The, remember, the trial of our faith is precious and our faith itself is also precious. In First Timothy, in First Peter chapter one verse four, it talks about the great and precious promises. Precious. Can you imagine if we had not had the book of Peter, we would have lost a lot of precious things. We would have, we didn't have realized how certain things are precious. The book of Peter gives us, brings us, subjects us, or introduces to us some precious stuff in the kingdom. Hallelujah. So, it says that the the more precious than gold that 
perishes. Though it be tried with fire, your faith. Though your faith be tried with fire. Now I said two things. What? Uh, okay, let me finish it. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. Did you see that word again? Or that phrase again? Appearing of Jesus. So he kept keep lifting their eyes and focusing them on the, what is the victories ahead. For this is the third time in the in the in this short verse. Oh, uh, um, few verses. He said, uh, verse four. He said, ready to be. Uh, uh, reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5, ready to be revealed at the last time. And then verse 7, he said, at the appearing of Jesus Christ, he kept telling them, keep looking up, keep looking ahead, keep looking ahead. Hallelujah. Ready to be revealed at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Having said that, I said two reasons for the testing of your faith. Number one, to prove the quality of your faith. And number two, Job chapter 23, verse, verse 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Job chapter 23, verse 10, it says that, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. But he knows the way that I take. When he shall trust me, when he has tried me, I shall, he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So when you go through trial, it actually brings the best out of you. It strengthens you. Tried faith ends up becoming strengthened faith. Tried faith becomes strengthened faith. Tried faith becomes purer faith. So trial, trial come to prove the purity of your faith and trials come to build your faith. I see God building your faith. Hallelujah. Your faith. Oh, pastor, I don't want to say amen because I'm afraid problems will come. Don't be afraid of problems because your faith is precious. In fact, there's something precious than your peace, which is the trial of your faith. It says that which is more precious than gold that perishes. Okay, so the trial of our faith. Faith is precious, precious faith. Hallelujah. Well, so it says that um, it shall be found unto praise and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I said, he brings in again um, appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 8, whom, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable. Watch this. In him, so in whom though now. So he brings their attention now and say and tells them and says to them that you haven't seen. So even though now you haven't seen, indirectly telling them that keep your eye ahead, keep your focus ahead. Now you haven't seen. Doesn't matter what now carries. Even though you haven't seen him now, you still love him. You still love him. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Now is when you haven't seen him. But you will see him. That's what he's trying to tell them. So don't be worried. See, this is for Christians. Christians, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. That's why he said our living hope. He starts with we have been born again unto a living hope. The living hope makes us... Know that something has been reserved in heaven for us unfa- uh, that does not fade, incorruptible and uh, and and uh, undefiled, reserved for us. And we know we also understand that we are kept for a sa- unto a salvation which will be revealed at the coming of Christ or in the last times. So there is salvation coming. There is salvation coming. And here he says that whom if no we are not seen now yet you love. Um, he said, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though ye now, 
ye now, uh, uh, though now ye see him not, ye believe in, rejoicing, rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. We rejoice, we, we rejoice in Jesus. Our joy should be what we, we have ahead, and our joy should be rejoicing in Jesus, full of glory, inexpressible joy. Bible says that joy unspeakable, that means you can't even express it. Um, the, this version puts it this way, New American Standard Version. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believing in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. This joy is inexpressible and full of full of glory, full of glory. Hallelujah. Amplified version. Without having seen him, you love you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him and exalt and th- and exalt and thrill with inexpressible and glorious triumphant heavenly joy hallelujah this is talking about joyful uh, love so you remember as i said the three the, the uh, uh, trinity the trinity of christian virtue the um living hope the tried faith faith so the tried faith and joyful love. We love him with joy or inexpressible, inexpressible, full of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love the Lord. We love the Lord. Don't let anybody intimidate you out of loving God. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your strength and all your mind. That quickly leads me to the final bit for today. And verse 9. Verse 9. So we, verse 8 says, Yet rejoicing with joy unspeakable, full of glory, Watch this. Receiving the end of your faith. What's the end of your faith? The salvation of your souls. Wow. Pastor, progressive salvation. Salvation is in stages. Salvation is in stages. So we have the initial salvation. And then we have the final salvation. So the initial salvation is the salvation of our spirits. We are saved already. And we are sealed for eternal with eternal salvation, but and uh, and our spirit man have been have been regenerated, according to John chapter three, verse three, four, and five. Our spirits have been regenerated. Now, let me talk about the final salvation before I come to the progressive one because that is lifetime. So the final salvation, what it is is when our bodies will be saved. So. First of all, when we say I've been saved, that means I've been saved from the penalty of sin. God won't punish you again because like, that's as I read, it says that we are saved from eternal perdition. Eternity. We have eternal salvation, saved from eternal perdition. John 3, 18, it says that shall not be condemned. Okay, so we are not, there's no more condemnation for us. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, we are no more condemned. Hallelujah. So, saved from eternal perdition. So, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin. And we shall be saved from the presence of sin. There will not be sin anymore around us. But now, sin is inside you. And you have to be saved from the power of sin. That is the progressive salvation. I'm going to go on that in a minute. But the presence of sin, 
presence of sickness, presence of weaknesses, present age. In Romans chapter 8, verse 20, uh, 23, see, Romans chapter 8, verse 23, it says, um, and not only, uh, not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wait the redemption of our bodies. The body will be redeemed. So all that what we go through in our bodies, you will not be afraid of all this demonic coronavirus again and all kinds of sicknesses. We will not, I mean, you are delivered from, look at, from the issues of the body. Um, Philippians chapter 3 verse 21 says that who, talking about Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies, our vile bodies, vile bodies. Jesus Christ shall change our vile bodies. Let me read it from an amplified version. Thank you, Jesus. Who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform, uh, to conform to and be like the body of his glory and majesty by exerting that power which enabled him even to subject uh, everything to himself. So we will be transformed. Our bodies will be transformed. King James again, he said that, who shall change our vile bodies that it might be fashioned like unto that it's those that sorry, it's fashion like unto his glorious body. So our body will be like Jesus's body. That is the final salvation. It will be like Jesus. We will be like Jesus, exactly like Jesus. Now we are like him in our spirit. We are being transformed, progressive salvation, to be like him whilst we are alive. And by the time he comes, the final salvation we will be completely even in our physical. So we are being transformed in our souls to be like him. Our souls are being washed by the re, uh, renewing of, of, uh, of water. And then uh, is be, our souls are being washed through by the word. You remember there was a time I was teaching on um, jasperization. God is working himself into us. Petrified wood, which goes through permineralization. Some minerals are passed through the wood for a while, a long time. By the time you realize the wood has lost its woodness or its wooden essence, and it has adapted the, whatever mineral was passed through, the stony elements that were passed through it has become that element stony. So by the time Jesus is coming, we are being transformed. And I'm going to show you in a minute how the transformation, which is the progressive salvation. But um, in Philippians chapter 3, I want to read it from the New American Standard Version. Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, I read. And it says that who will transform the body of our humble state on, uh, into conformity with the body of his glory. Hallelujah. The body, so not the body of his crucifixion, is the body of his glory. Uh, uh, the body of our humiliated, our humiliated body will be transformed. We won't be hungry. We won't be tired. We, we, won't, we won't need food or water apart from the reserved manner that Jesus will give to <laughs> as a reward to the overcoming saints in Revelation 2.17. Oh, Revelation, yeah, somewhere there. So, we, 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 
we, will, we, we, we won't go through all that what we are going through anymore. Everything will change. Everything that will, that's real glory. That's for those of us in Christ. So salvation, so we, we, are, we have been saved from the penalty of sins. We have been saved from the power of sin and we shall be saved from the presence of sin. That is glorified bodies. Our bodies will change. That's why Romans says that we, we, we are also waiting because our, we grown so our bodies are, are changed, transformed and saved. Hallelujah. So that is the final salvation. But let me just take a little moment and talk about the progressive salvation. When we talk about progressive salvation, there are six aspects of the progressive salvation. Quickly. The first aspect is they are all part of the progressive salvation. What is progressive salvation? Where we are being set, we are being freed from the power of sin. Yeah. Power of sin. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. We are being freed from the power of sin. So when we talk about the, the progressive uh, uh, salvation, we are talking about being saved from the control of sin in our souls. Bible talks about how Romans chapter 7, it says that the things I don't want to do, that I do. There's a personality that lives in me called sin, Mr. Sin. Mr. Sin has checked into my body from verse 16. If I do that, if I do that which I would not, I confess, I, conf, I, 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 sorry, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now, now then, it is no longer I that do that, that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. The indwelling sin has power over the flesh. And listen, we, will, we are not saved from that one yet. You are not delivered. God didn't deliver. So that's why you are born again. And you still have those desires and feelings every now and then for some stuff. You still have it. Sometimes you are, you are dealing with, say, Pastor, God, I don't know why. When can I overcome this thing? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's what I'm teaching about. How to overcome the power of sin. Overcoming the power of sin. So we have been freed from the power of sin. He says that, verse 18 says that, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth nothing good. For to will is present with me, but to uh, how to perform that which is good, I, f I find not. For, for the good that I would, I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no longer I I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. There's sin living in you. Mr. Sin is living in you. Yes. That's why sometimes bitterness and anger, some, sometimes you just are angry. Sometimes you feel you can't forgive. That, that, that's, that's why sometimes you become so jealous. That's sometimes why you, are, you, you gossip that like the way you do like a parrot. That's why you, I mean, all kinds of things that you keep doing which you know you don't want to do by you. Every now and then you find yourself slipping into it, slipping into it. What is wrong with me? Because sin lives inside you and it's, its desire is to master you. That's what God told um, Abel. Sorry, Cain. Genesis chapter 4, I think verse 10 also. Yeah, I don't know. Verse 7, 8, 9. He said, sin lieth at the door. Its desire is to master you. Sin wants to master you. 
my sister, sin. So you have to fight and break anything that creates. Bible says that Romans chapter 13, verse 14, make no room. Don't give the flesh an occasion to sin. Make no room for the flesh to fulfill its last thereof. If you don't take responsibility, you keep doing what breaks your heart. You keep doing what makes you look like a hypocrite. You keep doing what makes you keep regretting. Why? Because you have to, you haven't taken responsibility and fight and block certain access uh, of uh, or, or stop creating the room for sin to fulfill or for the flesh to fulfill its last. Bible talks about for we are at war. We we the the um Peter First Peter chapter two verse is it verse eleven? Second Peter two eleven. It talks about how um the for the abstain from fleshly lust that war against your soul. Abstain from fleshly lust. It, you are at war. I'm telling you, you are at war. First Peter chapter two, verse eleven. Um, First Peter chapter two, verse eleven. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Do you remember this? Strangers and pilgrims, aliens and uh, foreigners, aliens and migrants, strangers and pilgrims, pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. There's war going on. You are at war. That pornography thing, don't take it lightly. You are at war. That fornication thing, don't take it lightly. You are at war. That drunkenness, you are at war. That gambling, brother, that gambling spirit, you are at war. I break its hold over your life. That bitterness spirit, that jealousy spirit, that gossip spirit, that theft, spirit of test, theft, stealing spirit of lies i break its power over your life it is it has dominion sin can have dominion it's trying to rule but when you are born again you have watched this you have been given the spirit of sanctification so now first of all for ourselves to be saved god frees us from the control of of, uh, for us to be saved, he frees, frees us from the control of the indwelling sin. And he tries to control, uh, indwelling sin tries to control us through your soul, your soul, your feelings, your intellect, your desires, your will. It, it tries to control, control you through that. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, 25, he says that, Anyone who does not take his cross, take up his cross and follow me, is not worthy of me. He said, if you, I think, let me read it. Matthew chapter 16. Thank you, Jesus. I hear you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. It says that, then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow him. That himself means his soul life. Your soul life. Anyway, if any man comes, I mean, let me let him deny his soul life, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his soul life shall lose it. And whosoever, whosoever shall, uh, shall lose his soul life, the soul life. So it's not like you are born again. You can be born again, but you are still trying to save your soul life. You know, that's for me, this is how I feel. And then anyway, when anytime I'm upset, I, no one can talk to me. Anytime and then I can't go there. I don't want to talk to anybody in the church. I don't want to be part of any church. Your soul, your soul. Pride, 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 pride. <laughs> soul life. Your soul life. He said, you cannot, if you don't deny it and take up your cross. Yeah, yeah, uh, you he said, he said, let me read for 25. For who 
whosoever will take will save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it for what is uh, what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and lose his soul All right and look at Matthew chapter 10 verse 37 and 38 it said he that loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me and he that loves son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me mm. That's Jesus speaking. Verse 39. He that, um, verse 38, sorry. And he that taketh not his cross and follow me, and follow after me is not worthy of me. Verse 39. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life shall find it. There is a reward ahead. There is a reward coming. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. It says, and he said unto, uh, unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Deny himself, that means deny your soul life, your soul life, your, your natural life, your, the self. Deny the self. Deal with the self. Don't let self have power over you. you, reach, you re we receive power when we become born again to be able to deal with the flesh, deal with sin, deal with the world, deal with self, deal with the, the natural life, the soul life. And... and uh, and deal with individualism. I don't want to be with anybody. I just want to be by myself. I'm not part of this. I don't know that. God does not build with individuals. He works with people. That's why he said it is not good for man to be alone. Because God created us into community so he can work with a community. That's why the body of Christ is not one. The body of Christ is a corporate body. That's why Jesus did not send the disciples one, one, one. He sent them two by two by two. That's why in Acts chapter 13, he said, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. Not Saul alone, not Barnabas. Separate unto me. There was always, God always worked with people, groups, groups, groups. If you can't work with others, you can't live an effective Christian life. So we have to overcome our soul life. And verse 24 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall save it. Amen. Luke chapter 17, verse 30. It says, Yeah, let me read it, verse 33. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Now, that life is talking about is your soul life and that's how to be saved. If you want to save to the salvation of your soul, the progressive salvation, it can, it's, oh, thank you, Jesus. It starts with, the progressive salvation starts with losing, 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 losing what? Losing your soul. Losing, taking up your cross and following Jesus, lose your soul, lose your soul life. Lose, let people see that, wow, this man is different now. This man is different. You, This woman is different. Really, Christ has taken over. Okay, so now, uh, to throw, uh, as, uh, as I was saying, people who fail to lose their soul life fail to gain it at the end. So what happens? Does that mean you go to hell? No. Let me show you what, what happens. If you lose your soul life, this is a very important thing I want um, somebody to realize. Matthew, back to Matthew chapter um, 16. Matthew chapter 16 verse. Yeah, I read it earlier. And it says that if you save it, you will lose it. Okay. But let me show you something in John chapter 12 verse 25. John chapter 12, verse 25 says that 
He that loves his life shall lose it, and he that, that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Did you see that? You keep it. So saving of your soul, that's where it shows up in Matthew final scripture in this uh, on this point. Matthew chapter 24, verse 45. When uh, who then is the faithful? is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his house, household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find him so doing. You see that he'll bless you. Verily I say unto you, he that shall make, he, uh, uh, verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, but, and if, that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth in coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the, uh, with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he, uh, he is not aware of. Watch this verse 51 says that, and shall cast him asunder and appoint him uh, uh, him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the same thing in Matthew chapter 25, verse 30, 31. Matthew 25, 31 says that when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne in his glory. I think it's the verse 30 I'm looking for. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The unprofitable servant who have not lost his soul life will be cast into outer darkness. And what, what does it mean that Jesus is coming? The meaning of the coming of the Lord me is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He's coming in judgment to come and give reward and come and give punishment. In 1 Peter chapter 5, it talks about how um, we should look for the, the glorious coming of our Savior. Because when it comes, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, it says, um, The elder I exhort you, who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. He knows it's going to be part of what, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that face not away. So when he comes, it's crowning time, it's glory time for those of us who have have paid the price, subdued the soul. Amen. Pay the price and subdue the soul. And when he comes, we it will be glory time for us. I'm talking about, about the progressive, progressive salvation, progressive salvation. It's time to subdue the soul. Because of my time, I want to end here. And if you don't mind, I'll pick it from the same place and wrap it up on the salvation. Then we can move on to the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our salvation. Hallelujah. God bless you all. I pray that you have received something. So I've been talking about how Christ has saved us and we are being kept by the power of God through our faith unto salvation that is yet to be re, re, uh, revealed. And that salvation, we rejoice in it. That salvation, we rejoice in it. Even though, if the need be, we go through some trials, uh, go through manifold uh, challenges or afflictions, or we go through um, heaviness through uh, affli afflictions. But the so that our faith, 
Okay, the trial of our faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes, shall be found unto glory, honor, and praise at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom uh, we love, even though we haven't seen him. And as we serve him continually, we shall receive the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls. And I'm talking about the salvation of our souls. Spoke about the, uh, uh, the initial salvation the progressive salvation and final salvation. Spoken about initial salvation being salvation of our spirits, final salvation being the salvation of our bodies, and then the progressive salvation being the salvation of our souls. And I'll continue the salvation of our souls. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church? And subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.